and welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. During our last session of the game, our party continued their venture through the field of lava. Attempting this trial, surviving the heat, spouts of fire, and basically trying not to get their asses burned off. The party continued trying to rush through before they burned alive. During this process, Forthus attempted to run ahead to grab the key that was very clearly floating at the end of the maze. Upon arriving there, he found himself face to face with an infant red dragon. He quickly turned tail and began to run back to his party, only to find that they were being confronted by a pair of fire elementals, stopping them from continuing on their path. As the lava continued to grow behind them, further enclosing and blocking off their path to escape, the party finally managed to defeat the various things confronting them, made it to the key, and were teleported back to the Field of Trials. From there, they decided to take a very quiet, long rest, healing their wounds and recovering their various magics, before venturing into what they believed to be the final trial in this field. As you guys have stepped through the humid haze and shadows of the canopy above you, you find yourselves surrounded by humongous trees. Celine, even you believe these trees are larger than anything you have encountered in your lifetime growing up in the jungle. The <clears throat> humidity around you sticks to your skin like sap. You can hear the rustling of animals throughout the canopy, buzzing of bugs, screeches of monkeys and other animals as they try to either find a mate or find a meal. And you know that somewhere within this jungle lies the key to your escape. How would you like to proceed? Does finding a meal and a mate have to be mutually exclusive? That really depends on your preferences. Fair enough. <clears throat> What's the uh, temperature here? Temperature here is an uncomfortable 85 to 90 degrees at 100% humidity. So not enough to cause exhaustion, but you guys are already feeling the sweat build on your bodies. Yeah. Hmm. I imagine this feels like what it would be like living in Moss's shell with him in it as well. I'd imagine so, too. I mean, uh, I'd imagine it'd probably be a bit more cramped. Probably not wrong. Uh, Shatten's gonna walk up to, uh, one of the larger trees, and she's gonna give it a, uh, pick up a stick or, and poke it and back up and make certain it's not gonna move or attack them. So you're going to approach one of the trees to make sure it won't eat you? Yeah. Yeah, this is fair. You go up to one of the trees nearby, and you wrap your paw against the side of it. And it sounds like you're smacking against wood. Doesn't feel like anything past that. I think they're stationed. They, 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 they stay still. I don't think they're going to uh, attack us. 
Hopefully. Roll a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> okay. Uh, I rolled a 19 plus 7. So 26. You narrowly dodge out of the way as an acorn lands next to your foot. I just wanted oh. to get your heart pounding. Damn squirrels. Uh, so what do you say we find this damn key so we can get the fuck out of here? Hey, I agree. I am gonna take a look around. Oh, hold on. I gotta find my piece first. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm gonna... I'm gonna take a look around. Start. And honestly, I'm gonna feel, like, a little homesick, too. Kind of looking around and... Feeling like I'm home again. Okay. Uh, as you go... As you're looking around, it does feel a lot like home. The giant trees, the shade-casting canopy, the multitude of sounds of life and creatures surrounding you hidden amongst the branches this is this is how you grew up um and if you wouldn't mind rolling me a perception check yep uh figured you were gonna ask that I got a 19 plus... I got a 24. Okay. Uh, with a 24, you can tell that the sounds of most of the animals that you can hear come from relatively harmless animals. Monkeys, rodents, uh, it, just various things that are either not directly harmless to you or are just they currently don't pose a threat because they're so far up in the trees. What you can hear to your southeast is the sound of gently running water. And it's very familiar to you as it sounds very similar to the river that ran by the side of your village in the Eternal Shade Forest. Alright, I'm going to start walking towards the water then. In that direction. But um, before I do that... I'm going to turn to my party and uh, I will let them know where I'm going. <clears throat> Perhaps we should go get some water and possibly some shade to get us out of this heat for a little while. You guys are in effectively permanent shade with streams of light happening to poke through the various bits of canopy. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. That's fine. All right. So I'm going to kind of beckon to my party to start kind of going towards the water. That will follow. Moss will as well. Same with Farthus. And Vice takes up the rear. The Vice takes it up the rear? I'll yep. bet he does. <laughs> <All right>. Yep. 
It's canon. <laughs> Fodder, maybe. Alright, as you are all walking, I would like you all to roll a group perception check. Celine at advantage as you are very familiar with these with this environment. Nine. Um, I'm here too. I got 20, another twenty-four. Twenty-three. Sixteen. All right, two failures, three successes. As a group, the three of you who got above a 15, you can hear the chittering of tiny wings by the thousands. Celine, you would know this as a swarm of insects. And you would know that in the forest, all creatures need water, but open sources of water can be relatively rare, as most of the water remains underground as it is absorbed by the various plant life. So surface water is kind of a commodity in jungles like this. And swarms of insects, having the highest numbers, tend to hover around bodies of water like this. Do I know... If these insects are dangerous at all, or pose any threat, or are they just water-dwelling insects? You wouldn't know if they are threatening or not. You just know that that sound is coming from thousands of insects. And I can't see them yet, or no? At this current moment, you cannot. Okay. Those you guys have not moved. So I'm going to warn my party about these insects possibly being dangerous as we continue to move forward. Okay. Feel free to move along on the map. Oops, I pinged myself by accident. Hey, at least you know where you are. Yeah, at least I finally found my first one. All right. I'll, I'll get to like right here and I'm going to stop. Yep. So as you move forward, you come within view of what you of what you believe to be the source of the sound of softly running water. You find yourselves standing by a few particularly large trees and at their basins, at their bases are these large pools of slowly moving yet clear water. This is nothing like the water you guys saw in the, in the swamp trial. This water is pristinely clear, possibly filtered by the various vegetations in the area. And as you look, as you look around, I'm going to carry your perception checks from before. Um, sorry, Moss, Shatten, and Celine. As you're looking around, the three of you separately end up looking up. And you can see, flying around one of the trees that is standing in the middle, On this, there's a tree standing on an island, s smack dab in the middle of the largest section of water. 
and flying around it are thousands upon thousands of what appear to be a strange a strange looking bug by the swarm they are currently hovering near the top of this tree approximately 40 to 50 feet up so at the moment they do not pose an immediate threat but you can see them as they are just kind of swarming in a large circle around this body of water. And you said I could see them from here? Oh, yeah. And I don't know what they are? Uh, you know that they are insects by the thousands. It's hard and from this distance. And um, by the sheer mass of them, it's the, it, they're, they're moving like small clouds. And these oh. clouds are so dense, it's hard to identify them individually to know what each insect is or even find one where you could get a good enough look to figure out what kind of insect it is uh how big do they seem to be can i tell uh from this distance it would be hard to tell how big they are but by any estimation each insect might be about the size of the palm of your hand all right, so they're not quite the size of the mosquitoes, but they're not much smaller. Right. Okay. Question for the DM. Yes. Uh, pretty much, you know, living, you know, take, uh, being in the orphanage, pretty much fitting for yourself when they're not uh, taking care of you and stuff. And would I know if oil would repel insects? Like, say, I have a flask of oil and I put rub oil onto the skin. Would that prevent insects from coming near? No, you would not know that. Okay. Given your history of being shoved from orphanage to orphanage until you finally landed uh, in Gerlic with Moss, you haven't spent enough time in the wilderness to know that. Okay. Most most of your time as an orphan living on the streets was just that. It was living on the streets in more urbanized areas. Okie dokie, then. Would I know that based on my history? You've never had need for it, as your um, tribe always had different remedies for dealing with situations like this, which were usually uh, avoid. It was to avoid things like this. If you saw swarms of insects, you're family your tribe would just kind of wait it out because they know that it never lasts longer than a season okay so they would wait out the two to three months until the insects went on to the next watering hole or wherever they needed to go from there all right as, as far as i can see it we have two options we can look basically everywhere else around these insects and hope we find the key or we can go search for the key in there because most of the time the key has been after a fight of some sort I wonder if they can talk to us notice also that uh, talking to the people that fuck with us very much actually help us out Well, why don't you go up and go talk to them? And see yeah, how I, it comes out for you. I agree with that. 
In fact, Shatten, why don't you remind us how well talking to the dragon went? Yeah, that went so great. Um, what's the ground foliage look like? Are you asking me? Yeah, the DM, sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the ground foliage is a uh, brush. Dense, dense brush, fallen branches, vines, leaves, topsoil, uh, you name it. This is hundreds of years of buildup from various vegetation and, and or animals that have fallen and died here. This is comfortable as hell for you. Actually, as a matter of fact, this is probably the nicest ground you have ever walked on. So it's a rogue's wet dream. Uh, no, it's Shatten's wet dream because she's part rabbit. True. I think I'm going to let you guys do the talking this time. And she's just going to sit down and grab a piece of a leaf or something and nibble on it and see what it tastes like. Okay. Are you sure that's what you really want to do? Yep, yeah, I'm sure. Fair enough. While she's doing that, Forthus is going to walk up about 20 feet to around here. Then look around and see how hostile these bugs look. Uh, roll a perception check from where you stand. It's a natural 20. Natural 20 is a beautiful thing to hear. As you're watching the insects intently, as you step forward closer and closer to the water, you notice absolutely nothing. They seem to be entirely ignorant to your presence as you walk around. Um, so Forth is just going to look over his shoulder, look at the party and just sort of shrug and walk up to the water's edge. And see how that goes. Can you show me your path as you're watching, walking? Yes. Um, so it's. Can find a way how to. Just go, uh, go back to where you were, and then walk block by block. Okay. So I was here, and here, and then. He the wrong thing sorry then here and then here and then you walk all right that's fine uh did you <clears throat> so you've approached the water's edge and you look down and this is crystal clear water this looks like the best looking wild water you've ever seen as you're looking down, you can see small fish swimming around, uh, fallen branches and tree leaves just kind of being tossed by the water as it kind of swirls in place. You're not sure where this water is sourced from, but it seems to be moving in a slow spiral around this small island. Um, this water looks like the most drinkable water you've ever seen. He's going to stick his hand into it and see how that goes. As soon as you do, the swarm of insects closest to you immediately advances on your position. 
and starts going towards you. He's going to back up about 10 feet. To here. As soon as you back away, the swarm of insects rushes down from the treetops in a wave of buzzing and the crackling of carapaces hitting against each other as they try to defend their source of water. And as you back away, they kind of stop at the water's edge, swing back, and fly back up towards the canopy. Right, so, from what I can tell, don't touch the water, or the bugs will hit you. They seem friendly. Shatton, you want to talk to them? Oh, I think I am good. Fair enough. So I'd say this brings us back to our two options. Can go look around, see if we can find the key somewhere else, or and then go from there. Or... Can uh, can Forthis take a look at the island from where he is right now and see if there's a key at all, or anything that looks like it might be a key? Uh, if you'd like to, you can roll percep or a perception check, perception or perception check regularly or investigation at disadvantage due to your distance. Uh, the perception check that was an 18 uh, from where you stand looking up and down the tree looking at the base of the island where the tree meets the ground you don't seem to see anything that stands out of the ordinary as you guys have traveled through these various trials there's always been a key that would act as a hint to the next area you were supposed to go to. Something that was blatantly out of place to the environment you were in, and nothing about that small island and its lone tree seems out of place. So from what I can see, there's nothing around here that'll actually uh, get us to the next stop. I think we should uh, fuck off and move on if these bugs are going to be uh, annoying us from this island. At least until we can find something else. Moving forward, we've always known what the next spot is. So how do we know where the next spot is? Well, to be technical, we whenever we found the key, it was the hint to what the next spot was. It always seemed out of the ordinary. Like either it's a, uh, it's a cactus, I think, out of the swamp. Something else. This one, I can't see anything in this island. I I do have a thought that probably won't work. But when we were up there, we could see everywhere we had been, and this seemed to be the last one. Maybe we can just walk up the stairs and out. Hey, no harm, no foul. Meaning you want to see from above? 
Yeah, so, you remember back in the desert, that staircase has been in every trial so far, and it seemed to just basically be the same staircase from the tower. I tried to walk up it, and I basically couldn't move. Well, maybe because this is the last trial. He's just kind of fucking with our minds, and we're going to go everywhere trying to find this key, and all we had to do was just walk up the staircase. I mean, you can try that, but as far as we know, we don't even know if this is the last trial. I'd say give it a shot. Okay. So Moss will walk back and try and walk up the staircase. And do you need me to show my, like, movement as I go, or can I just go there? No, well, we'll just say that you managed to walk back to the staircase, and you start trying to climb the stairwell. You start climbing, and climbing, and climbing. And as you continue to go up, you do feel as if you're making some kind of progress. You're walking upwards and upwards, and you can see yourself becoming more and more level with the canopy. When you're about 50 feet up, been walking for a couple of minutes now, you feel as though you're not gaining any more altitude, but you can now see at about eye level to the canopy. Okay. Uh, Moss would like to take a look around and see if he can spot anything out of the ordinary. Go ahead and roll me a perception check. Uh, 19. With a 19, you managed to spot something far in the distance, in the canopy, all the way over here to your east. Something just glinting in the sunlight. It seems to be shining as if metal. Okay. Moss will climb back down the staircase, make it back over to the party, and he is going to choose his words very carefully, because this thing is shiny. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, can't get out that way, but I was able to climb to, like, the top of the canopy of the trees, and I looked over to the east, and I saw something out of the ordinary, so I think that might be the key. On hearing that, I am going to turn to the party. Um, I think, how do I want to do this? <clears throat> well, I have an idea. But in doing so, I need to hold someone's arm or hands. Why? Uh, Shatton's just gonna raise her paw. I'll help. Okay. I was going to volunteer Fathus since he's already held your ass. Oi. You have very soft skin. <laughs> Say what now? <laughs> God. He copped a feel. Supposed to be our little secret. The fuck? Arthas, Sorry. What did What did we say about doing that back at the orphanage? It kept getting you in trouble. Too much fun. Trouble. Trouble is, okay? 
I am going to hold on to Shatten's arm then, and then I'm going to do I summon my familiar? Is that how it works, or do I? How about you describe to us how you summon this creature? So I will grab onto Shatten's arm, and then I will basically whisper a chant to myself. And kind of start calling out the name Bane. Not loudly, but like soft spoken. And then, do you want me to describe my familiar as it appears? And then a bird, corvid in shape. Feathers are a soft purple gray that shift with the ambient light. The bird's feathers shine in sunlight, shimmering a gossamer light. In shadows, the feathers fade and disappear, running them practically invisible. It kind of appears on my shoulder. Ooh, pretty bird. Its feathers are shiny. Don't pluck the bird's feathers. And if you would all have a look at the map, Celine's familiar has been added. Celine, this creature is now in your character sheet list as Raven. I can change the name later if you would prefer. But for now, it is Raven. So I am going to speak to it, and then I'm going to basically have it uh, fly off in the direction that Moss kind of said where the metal was. I can still talk, right? You okay. will be able to speak. During this moment when you are uh, seeing through your familiar's eyes, you cannot see or hear. Uh, your 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 personal body cannot see or hear because you are seeing and hearing through your familiar's eyes and ears. However, you as Celine are still able to speak to your party members around you. Okay. So while I'm holding Shatten's arm, I'm going to basically explain why. I need to hold Shatten's arm. <clears throat> the reason why I need to hold on to you, Shatten, is because I cannot hear and I cannot see at the moment because the bird is now my eyes and ears. So I need you to guide me if we go anywhere. Okay. <clears throat> oh, upon hearing that she's deaf, Moth is going to Moss is going to look at Forthus and just say, If I have to end up curing you of another disease from hanging out with random girls, I'm going to be pissed. Celine, have you sent your uh, familiar on its way yet? Or is it still sitting on your shoulder? No, I just sent it to fly off in the direction of the... whatever okay. that is. Then... It your familiar probably did not hear that. No, it didn't. 
hope that she didn't hear me saying it was one fucking time. All right. Uh, Celine, as your familiar approaches the area where um, Moss had described something shiny or metallic up in the canopy of the tree, I need you to roll a perception check utilizing your familiar's stats. Okay. Um, would that be of other under raven or bird or? Uh, I've. It's in. It's you have control of the character sheet. It is named Raven. You have the character sheet. Uh, your perception is. Uh, perception relies on wisdom. However, this bird has a plus three to perception. Fifteen. You're fifteen? Yeah. It takes your raven a little while, probably about five to ten minutes, but eventually it does come across what appears to be a four-inch long silver skeleton key tied to a tree branch by a simple piece of twine. Am I able to grab it or no? You can instruct your familiar to take it. You have a connection, a mental connection with your familiar. Alright, I'm going to... Definitely tell my familiar to um, grab it. Okay. And then bring it back. <clears throat> so you're a corvid-shaped familiar lands on the tree branch where this key appears to be tied off and it pecks its little beak down at the twine eventually kind of nipping at it until the twine is cut and then swoops down and manages to catch the key midair and begins to fly back towards you clutching this small silver key in its beak and as it's flying back towards you as you are able to feel what it is feeling right now, its beak suddenly begins to feel lighter. And by the time the familiar gets back to your shoulder, it is no longer holding the key. Oh. Did I happen to see if it dropped or? You would know, as you were within the mind of your own familiar, that the bird did not drop the key it was almost as if it had disintegrated. The key, okay. simply, the key simply vanished from its beak. All right. So... Just so you I... know, the searching for the key by your Corvid familiar has taken about 15 minutes of your hour and a half that you have with this bird. Okay. That's fine. Um, since my bird happened to know in the direction the key was, I am basically going to instruct it to guide us to where it is. Okay. Are you going to release your clutches on its senses? and simply follow it, or are you going to stay blind and deaf, watching through the eyes of the Corvid? 
No, I'm going to um, relieve the senses. All right. As you release your grip from its senses, your sight and sound, sight and sound come back to your eyes and ears. You can suddenly see everything from your own perspective as the bird looks deeply into your eyes, takes off from your shoulder, and starts flying above you, beckoning the rest of you to head northeast from your current position. Um, while the bird's doing that, I'll instruct the party of what I basically witnessed, just to mm -hmm. kind of keep them informed. So there's a key that was tied to a piece of twine. The bird tried cutting it down and bringing it back here, but for whatever reason, it faded from my bird's beak and I can only assume it went back to where it was. So I'm not quite sure. So I figure we follow the bird in that direction and see where it guides us. Sounds about right. All right, let's go. All right. Celine, stop where you're standing. Yep. And what is your AC? I'm not a bird anymore, so I gotta fix that. Um, 14. Alright. As you are stepping forward, beginning to walk between the two bodies of water, you suddenly feel a pain in your legs as you step into some strange... As you step into the underbrush, you find around your feet a strange purplish fungus that is beginning to wrap itself around your feet. You take six points of necrotic damage as this fungus has begun to sap the energy out of your body. Yeah, I don't have any reaction spells at the moment. Or we are not in turn order. It is it is effectively your turn at the moment. As this creature suddenly revealed itself as you stepped forward. Or in it, rather. Am I, like, completely restrained, or is it just my legs? You are not restrained. Oh, oh, oh. You, you said it was wrapping around me, so I didn't know what that meant. Yes, it, it was wrapping around. It is wrapping around you. This is a living. This is a living, moving fungus. It's not restraining you. You you stepped in it, and now it's sapping the life out of you. Okay, I'm going to yell for help. Then turn to my okay. party and say, "Hey, help, please." Uh, all right, then. With that. I would like everybody to roll initiative as she is calling out for help for everybody. I miss Cax's initiative. I am sure you do. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd say I miss Thrims, but it's the same. Hey, can't beat the fungus. It's got a minus five. Huh. Minus five to initiative. All right. And Celine, if you could roll initiative for your raven familiar as well. Oh, right. Uh, I can definitely do that. 
while it cannot attack in battle, it does have an initiative turn. I thought familiars usually follow the initiative of the uh, of the person that summoned them. That's what I thought. Not in this case. Mm. Okay, it's a four. I forget. I forget what I read, but I was reading up on familiars earlier today, and it said that. It needs to roll its own initiative. Ooh, a fun familiar. Uh, it has something to do with the spell that's used to summon it. Oh. Because what she's doing is she's using her wild shape to cast the spell Find Familiar without components. Um, oh, so like a quickened ritual almost? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a trade-off. It doesn't take an hour to cast, but it only lasts for an for a definite amount of time, whereas the wizard's version, it takes an hour to cast, and the familiar lasts indefinitely. Until it dies, yeah? Yeah, so it's... You know, there's a bit of a trade-off, but because it's based on that spell, that spell specifically describes as those familiars as having their own initiative. Mm -hmm. my, I, right. I had a campaign where uh, all my familiars hated me because I summoned them in and out like Pokemon. Mm. That's horrific. All right. Now that we are in initiative 25 to 20. No one. Uh, 20 to 15. 19. 16. 15 to 10. 13. 10. 10 to 5. 6. The fungus got a 5, and the raven rolled a 4. All right, top of the turn order, Shatten, you are up. Celine, has, Celine seems to have stopped dead in her path following her raven familiar and has called out for help. Uh, Shatten's going to run up to right next to her. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 30 feet right up to her. Okay. And I'm going to summon my knife to stab at it. Okay, summon and stab away. Um, do I have uh, advantage, or do I need to go to the other side for that? You oh. would need to flank for that. Okay. Being next to someone is not flanking. Okay. Your current position is not flanking either. Right. But still, though, it will be available for the next round. Okay. Uh, I'm going to attack it. Go ahead and roll the attack. Uh, my... First attack is uh, eight. That's a hit. Okay. And so that is a D6. So that is uh, nine uh, psychic damage. Okay. And then for my second one. Your bonus action attack? Yep. Okay. Is... Uh, nine? No, wait, no. I'm sorry. Thirteen. Thirteen is a hit. And that one's going to be... Seven psychic damage. All right. As you swing down with your psychic blades, you manage to slice into this strange fungal mass that is beginning to wrap itself around Celine's legs. And it just kind of sloughs off. It's still there but you're fairly confident that this is almost completely taken care of at this point. 
Will you be doing anything else for your turn? Uh. I believe you've expended everything. Yep. I pretty much am done with my turn. All right. Celine, you're up. I'm going to take a dagger to try to get the rest of it off of me. Okay. Roll to attack. I got a nine. Nine's a hit. And I'm not even going to have you roll damage on this one because it is that weak at this point. So Shatten runs up, whips out her psychic blades, and starts slashing away at the fungal mass at your feet. And taking a cue from that, you pull out your own dagger and just kind of start slicing at it. And this fungal mass just kind of dissolves away from you and melts into the ground beneath. Okay. I'm going to maintain this initiative order for any future encounters in this floor. I'm going to turn to Shatten. Okay. Thank you, Shatten, for helping me out. What I do. And that'll be the end of my turn. Okay. We are currently out of turn order. Oh, okay. As you have... As you have managed to disintegrate whatever fungal mass was attacking you, I'm just saying that I'm going to maintain this initiative order in case you oh, guys come oh. across any new encounters. But at the moment, we are out of turn order. Question for the DM. Okay. Uh, yes. Can we see the water? Where it is? Like, uh, like, seems like one of the trees is sort of blocking the way for a path right now for the water. Is there a bridge over there that we can see? The trees. Um, let me mark it for you. Yes. No. Okay. Uh, from your vantage point, from your character's vantage point, you would see that this appears to be a mass of water shaped like a circle, half wrapped in a semicircle of water. Okay. Uh... So no, there is no bridge behind that tree. It is just a tall tree. And bird's eye view does not lend you the ability to see through objects. Okay. Um, so Forthis is going to cast invisibility on himself and go around the water's edge. Going to cast invisibility on yes. himself? Then I will end up here. Uh, on the way, Forthis is going... Before you start moving, buddy. Remember, you have secondary effects for casting spells. Yes, yeah, so I can move more than that? or You have to roll on the table because you cast a spell. Right. Um... That was an 8, then. So I guess it fails. Oh dear lord. Okay. Where were you standing when you cast invisibility? I was standing right here. Give me two seconds. It's always a good time when the DM says, oh dear lord. Yeah, I'm a little yep. nervous about I'm that. I'm scared now. He just fireballed us. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're dead I don't know fucking what fireball is. Okay. 
Okay. So as you go to cast invisibility on yourself, you move your hands in the correct ways. You've grabbed the material components that you need to do this magic that you've only recently discovered within yourself. And as you finish the incantation, there's a voice in the back of your head. It cackles gently and says, not this time. You're not ready for this. And something between your fingers arcs in electricity and explodes outward in a giant mass of fire. All of you need to roll deck saving throws. Oh shit. John called it! John looked at the wild magic table. Didn't have to. Yeah. I knew Oof. by the reaction. Same. Uh, fucking that 20. I'll... I'll take it. It's a 15 for Forthus. I rolled a nat 1, but I'm going to try to roll d4 to try to get a success from that. So it's an 8 plus 3, an 11. Forthus, what is your spell save, DC? Spell save is 13. And Moss? Six. Okay. Moss and Shatten, you both take 13 points of fire damage. Vorthus, Vice, and Selene, you take six points of fire damage. Vorthus, you're scorched to shit, but invisible. My fault there. Sorry about that. Why does everything explode around me? I couldn't fucking tell you. Stay the hell away from me. Um, yes, I... Frickin' fire with you guys. Another frickin' tree god's gonna show up or something. I don't, I don't know. The god. As you say that, you look around and find that the ground immediately surrounding Forthus is indeed smoldering. Jeez, another tree monster is going to come out and attack us with all this fire going on. Couldn't forth to see the uh, smoldering. I mean, Guess if he wants so. to look down at his feet in shame before he walks away, yeah, he probably <laughs> noticed the smoldering. Oh, he definitely does. <laughs> and you definitely noticed the smoldering. Looks, he's going to walk away. Down he's he's going to go for the key. Looks down at his feet in shame. Question for the DM. He shamefully runs away, invisible. But on the way, he's going to grab Vice's ass because that's his thing now. My god. It's like butt. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, is now invisible. Everybody else probably hears him begin to walk away, the crunch of the leaves and twigs beneath his feet growing more and more distant. Vice, you feel a small pinch at your backside as the crunches grow more distant from you. Shen, you had a question? Yeah, with all the explosions happening around her, does she have any bald spots in her fur? Would you like to find out? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> please roll an investigation and or medicine check on yourself. Uh, 
investigation. Ten. So as you pat your body down, trying to find the exposed bits of fur that may or may not have been singed off, you're feeling around, and everything seems to be perfectly fine. And as a nervous tick, you grab one of your ears and start kind of caressing the ear from base to tip. And you find that one of your ears has a bald spot right at the tip. He's going to immediately start uh, feeling very insecure and just start to pull the ear down, just start petting it. My poor little ear. They look ridiculous now. If it's any consolation, it did before, too. Right. He's going to shoot him daggers with her eyes. <laughs> Dagger right. vision. Forthus, how would you like to continue? I assume you had a plan for turning invisible and blowing up your party members. Um, he's basically going to just look around to see if there's any anything in the way of us and the key. And just keep moving towards the key a little bit. Basically like forging a path. Alright. Um, are you doing this stealthily or are you actually forging the path? Um, I'll do it stealthily. Alright, go ahead and roll me. But also keep an eye out for anything that could be, uh, that could mess with us. Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll me perception and stealth. Double net ones. Wow. Go shot. I need new dice. Apparently so. I'm gonna buy you new dice, Jesus Apparently, Christ. Seriously, I will give you new dice. I have a whole bunch of dice that I can honestly give you because I don't use any of them. No, you can't. You can't receive dice as a gift. You have to. They have to choose you. Oh. It's like well, a bonsai tree. I have a whole bag of dice that he can just take. Anyway. Yeah. Mr. Snake Eyes over here. As you shamefully walk through the forest, you're not paying a whole lot of attention to the noise you're making. While you may be invisible, you are not inaudible. And you seem to be stepping on every major twig on your way into this forest in the general direction that Celine's familiar seem to be guiding you guys in. And while you're doing so, you can't help but look down and wish that you could see the damage you may have caused to your own clothing. I'm assuming we can hear him. Uh, yeah, with a natural one on his stealth check, you guys can definitely hear him as he walks off into the forest. I'm way too bummed, so I don't really care about the noise. Yeah. Step lighter! So, I'm going to turn to the rest of the party. Uh, should we follow him? Seeing as we can hear where he's going. I'm just going to drop invisibility at this point. Didn't work out very well. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like a plan. <laughs> so, so basically, this is how this goes. Forth is like, okay, I got this. I'm going to turn invisible. He turns invisible, simultaneously exploding on all of you. And then you hear him basically mumbling to himself and, like, goose-stepping away into the forest. Gets about 50 feet away and then just kind of reappears, still staring at the ground. Yeah, that's that's about right. 
This is the most depressed <laughs> man. That sounds he's, like a teenage soul kill. He's just soul like, kill. I can't get anything right today. Fuck this. I'm a sad boy. Apparently so. I'm gonna make my way over to where Forthus is. Okay. As you guys all walk away from that corner of the water's edge, you look back and see a gentle crater in the moist earth behind you, <laughs> steaming and gently smoking. And as you look at Forthus, you will see a tear drop going down his eyes right now. Just a single one, just like, I can't believe I just fucking did that. And as the tear slides down his face, it leaves behind a streak where the soot is being washed away by that tear. That's impressive, considering his skin tone. <laughs> Actually, I was <laughs> just thinking about that. Your skin tone is very similar to that. It would yeah. be hard. It would be hard to see that. Maybe he's just a little ashy today. Yeah, we need some lotion. <laughs> um, when Shatten gets close enough to me to be within, like, touching reach, I'm gonna reach over, lay my hand on her, and give her ten points of healing from my lay on hands. Okay. Thank you. Well, stroking her ear still. While the hair on your ear has not grown back from this healing magic, you can just begin to feel that the healing magic seems to have accelerated its regrowth. And you now have a bit of peach fuzz in your bald spot. And you are confident that given time, your fur will grow back. I'm going to encourage my familiar to keep moving forward so we can press on. Your familiar takes the hint and begins flying ahead of you in the general direction of where it found the key. I'm going to carefully make my way forward. Okay. Being aware of my surroundings this time. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say that Forth is feeling like an asshole. He's just going to take the lead and try and take any sort of damage. Just be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So also, no. Yeah. What was right. that? Basically, also know that he basically just hurt his friends and just does not want to be around them anymore for a little bit. Ah. All right. So, Forthus is walking ahead in shame, trying to follow the Corvid. Celine probably following closely behind as she tracks her own familiar. Well, yeah, I'm following at a, somewhat of a distance. Like, I'm letting him have his space, but I'm still following my familiar pretty close. All right, and is the rest of the party following along? Yep. Yep. Okay. Are there any uh, flowers that are sticking out, like really pretty ones? You look around and notice that there really isn't much for flowering vegetation in this jungle. Okie dokie. Mostly leaves and vines. So as you guys walk forward, the bird flies ahead, 
alights on a branch, waits for you to catch up, kind of looking back and watching, waiting for you to get within a, a certain range that it feels is safe, and then begins to fly off again and land on another tree, waiting for the group to rejoin it. So as you all approach this tree upon which the bird has stopped, it begins to look around and it starts flapping its wings rather frantically and then flies down and lands on your shoulder, Celine. Uh, can I understand what it's saying? I mean, you don't speak familiar. Well, I just wasn't sure if there was some kind of connection uh, between familiar and myself. That, like, special bird, communication. Alright, the bird is sitting on your shoulder and it's kind of pawing at you. It's almost as if it's looking directly into your eyes and then looking up at the tree and then looking back at you and then looking up at the tree. I want you to roll an insight check. Okay. I was going to say, I want to look up at the tree, but yeah, that works too. And fourth is this too. Is he keeping his eyes above ground level? He was sort of looking for the bird. Okay. If he was keeping his eye on the bird, he would have be you all would be watching the bird do this. The nineteen. That's high enough. This bird is trying to tell you to see through its eyes. Alright. Who's the closest person to me right now? Uh at the moment it's either Forthus or Shatten. Who do you trust more? <laughs> Shatten. <laughs> That's a poor choice, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna grab Shatten's arm again. And, um... <laughs> I... Do I have to, like, chant to be able to do that? Or... How, no, it just how... takes, it takes half a moment of focus. Okay, so I'm just gonna focus, and then I will see through its eyes and ears and basically go blind and deaf again. Okay. So as your vision kind of tunnels and warps, it fades out and then reopens, and you find yourself looking yourself in the face. And it is a strange sensation. And then you turn, and you watch yourself flying up and up and up into this tree. And then the bird stops and lands on a branch, looks down, and you find, you can see through the bird's eyes the remnants of the twine that once held the key in this tree. This bird seems to be trying to show you that the key was here, but it doesn't know where it went. Okay, I'm going to have the bird grab the remnants of the twine and bring it to me. The bird grabs up the remnants of the twine and begins to swoop down from the treetops, dodging branches and leaves as it comes down, and it lands back down on your shoulder, and again, you find yourself looking at yourself, looking into your own face as your eyes are closed and your head is down. I'm going to take my eyes and ears back. Okay, you shift focus, 
your eyes, Celine's eyes, reopen, and as she looks up and over onto her shoulder, she finds the, cro the corvid sitting on her shoulder with a small piece of twine clutched in its beak. I'm going to take it and kind of try to take a look at it to figure out kind of where, where it came from or what the material is. While you're holding it, this is fairly familiar to you. This is unremarkable, regular, find it in any shop twine. Okay. And then turn to my party and kind of let them know what the bird was basically trying to tell me. Um, well, the key was here. Not sure what happened to it, but there's the twine that the key was hanging on. Uh, how easy is the trees look to climb? They look manageable. They're fairly well covered in vines with their... Most of the branches are towards the top of the trees, towards the canopy, as the trunks are relatively bare of branches however most of these trunks are covered in vines trying to get any amount of sunlight they can so you you would assume that these trees are it's possible to climb them but it might take a bit of effort that's gonna go ahead and climb up the tree to take a peek at the from the canopy Alright, go ahead and roll athletics or acrobatics. Wait, Shatton, before you go, everybody come here for a second. Be sure about and that with me. Gonna wait. Yes, you two, come here. And he's gonna, Vice is gonna wait for everybody to get closer. I am gonna go over to Vice. Same with Forthus. It's a long shot, but as a child, this is just my idea. And Vice is going to go by, or go and hug everybody and go, you're all my friends. And friendship was the key all along. Nope, didn't work. Fourth is just going to slap all right. him. Alright, well, <laughs> was worth a shot. Perhaps try being a little bit more sincere next time and make sure you're actually telling the truth. Maybe you can tell if you're lying. Maybe. Figured it was worth a shot. That was the second biggest bomb that we've dropped today, right? DM, does the hand that slapped me feel similar to the pinch on my ass? I don't know. Like, does like could Vice... I rec could I recognize the hand print Vice... on my on either cheek? Would Vice be able to tell? Probably not. Yeah. Would there be a role for taking hands on ass? I'm no. <laughs> anyway, so I am going to start searching the ground to see if the key landed in the dirt somewhere. Or this will help. Okay. And Shatton's going to continue up the tree. Okay. Shatton, your athletics or acrobatics? Uh, I rolled a nat 20, so 27. 
All right, not even going to question that one. With lightning speed and dexterity, Shatten grabs hold of the various vines and such that she can find on the trunk of this tree that the Corvid had led them to and bounds up using an incredible amount of skill as if she's done this a thousand times before. Shatten, you find yourself very quickly up in the canopy of these trees. Uh, what would you like to do from your new vantage point? I like to look around, see if there's like I, maybe I spot it in another tree or something. Or okay, go ahead and roll perception from your new vantage point. And that would be a thirteen. Uh, from this point, you cannot make out anything that would seem to catch your eye. No obvious shinies. Mm, that's unfortunate. I'm going to yell down. I don't see any shinies! Any fruit? <laughs> Not within this tree, but you do see some small berries growing in a tree about 100 feet away from you. I'm going to try to climb towards those. Move through uh, the treetops towards them. Not in a tree that is accessible. Ah. As in, you are standing in this canopy and you look across a clearing and see that there's another tree that you are not currently in that does appear to have some small berries growing in its branches. Hmm. She's going to climb down. Okay. And you do so with relative ease. Celine, you said you wanted to look at the ground to see if you could find if the key had dropped or not yeah go ahead and roll investigation with Helping advantage alright uh... I got 15 okay with Forthus cautiously helping you search the ground along the general path that the bird had followed when it flew back to you originally with the key in its mouth about the area where you, in the Corvid's mind, felt the key disappear from you, you expect to find some kind of evidence of the impact of that key hitting the ground, as if it had fallen from the bird's mouth, and you find absolutely no evidence that the key was dropped. And this just further confirms your feeling that this key didn't drop, but simply disappeared. Well, I can't explain it, but the key disappeared. Perhaps in another area of the woods somewhere. Perhaps we should press on and keep looking. Should I go back to the stairs, climb up, and see if I can spot it again? I can easily send my raven above the treetops again and search the woods. Uh, yeah, that would work too. Just so we don't have to tread all the way back. Zelene, at this point, you have about 45 minutes left with your bird. Okay. So, with that, um. I. I'm gonna grab Vice's arm this time, because he's close to me and I will send the bird up and um kind of have it fly over the treetops 
All right, as your vision shifts from your own to your corvids, and you send the bird back up to the treetops? Above the canopy or still within the canopy? Uh, above the canopy. All right, your bird flies with a grace and agility to the top of the canopy and is now above the leaves looking down upon a vast, miles-long forest. And you assume, based on previous trials, that even though these pocket dimensions, alternate realities, whatever they are, may seem almost infinite, whatever your trial is must be within whatever immediate area you appeared in. Your bird begins to fly across the canopy. Which direction would you like to send it? I'm going to send it um, south. Like, towards the water area. Like, around that area. Okay. As the bird begins to fly south, it gets about to where the water's edge is before the swarms of insects begin to move on its position, almost blocking it from getting closer to the central island. Your bird is essentially barred access from this area of the forest. Can I see anything that they could potentially be protecting in the area? You are welcome to roll perception at disadvantage due to the thickness of the swarm of insects utilizing the raven's stats. All right. Uh, um, I got a five. Unfortunately, your bird familiar is unable to see anything that would seem out of the ordinary. All right, I'm going to have the raven kind of loop down into the treetops and go like right here kind of avoiding the water maybe all right so you send your bird around Ooh, misshapen you send your bird around the body of water and as it flies it comes to about this point when it sees a mound of plant life goddamn small screens from this position, it can see a mound of plant life seemingly breathing on the forest floor, gently rising and falling. Is that it? Is that the only thing it sees? Aside from the rest of the forest, that's about all it can see right now. The only thing that seems out of the ordinary is this massive vegetation on the ground that appears to be moving on its own. All right, if um... only gently. All right, I'm going to have my call my room back. And then okay. when while it lands dodging. on my shoulder. Yeah, while dodging everything. Okay. While dodging all of the... While dodging the insect swarms, the bird returns to you and lands on your shoulder once again. All right. Um, I'm going to tell the party what I saw. 
Well, I didn't see much. I definitely don't see any key or anything. However, there is some sort of breathing plant life that's not too far from the water. That looks kind of intriguing. But other than that, I don't see anything else. Well, we can go investigate that, or I can try climbing the staircase again. I suppose we could start heading back that way. Stairs are along the way. Which tree had the berries? <laughs> From your vantage point, it would have been about here to your south-southeast. This tree would have been filled with berries. I'll catch up. I have something important to get I saw. She's going to run straight to that tree. Okay, don't go too far. Okay. <laughs> see here. And stop. You begin to make way towards the tree that seemed to be filled with food, as is your only interest. And as you step forward, you start to hear a chittering come from underneath the ground. And this chittering grows louder and louder, like the scraping of metal. This, this chittering turns into a screech, ear-piercing. And this screeching does not stop. The rest of you, as this screeching continues, you hear sh movement within the trees around you. As hundreds of black bats begin dropping from the branches in the trees around you, seemingly alerted by the sound of whatever uh, of whatever's creating this horrendous screeching sound. In this moment, we're going to return to our turn order. Shen, you are first up. Uh, do I see what was making the noise? You may roll a perception check. Uh, 19. Trying desperately not to allow the sound to blow out your eardrums, you look around, you're looking for the source of the sound, and you happen to glance down and see a small patch of white mushrooms on the ground that seem to be scraping up against one another vibrating at an impossible pace they appear to be the source of this noise my fault not my fault i'm going to make a movement back to the group okay uh do the uh, bats appear to be uh coming towards us or just dropping out of the sky the bats appear to have been disturbed from their slumber and are only just now beginning to drop from the trees uh i'm going to uh throw a a dagger at the mushrooms try to get them to shut up okay go right ahead and roll to attack and that would be a nine. A nine is a hit. Ooh. 
that would be. I believe. Give me two seconds. I was looking at the wrong sheet. Damn it. Yes, a nine is a hit. Okay, that'd be six psychic damage. Okay. And following up with the second one. Okay. And that's going to be. Uh, eight. An eight to hit. Yep. That's a hit. Okay. And that's going to be uh, eight psychic damage. All right. As you whip out your carrot-shaped psychic daggers and whip them forward towards the shrieking patch of mushrooms, they manage to slice through the bases of each fungal mass. The shrieking stops, and that patch of shriekers is gone. However, the bats are still beginning their movement. Will that end your turn? Uh, excellent bonus action. Yeah, I'm with the rest of the group, so yeah. All right, Celine, you are up. One thing to note, these bats are still currently about 50 feet up, as they are only just beginning to drop from the trees above you. Uh, can I cast Thunder Wave? Does it just kind of like try to frighten them? Would that work? You want to cast Thunder Wave? Yeah. All right. And where would you like to cast it? Where? Ah, it's on yourself. Oh. Yeah, see, I don't understand that. It's a wave of thunderous force sweeps out from you. These swarms of bats are 50 feet over your head. That doesn't work. Alright, um... I'm just gonna kind of... ready weapon in case they attack, and that's all I'm gonna do right now. So you're going to ready an attack action in case they come close to you? Yeah. With ready your it. dagger, I assume? Yes. Okay. And that'll be it for your turn? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's all I can oh. do at the moment. All right. Farthus, you are up. Um, Farthus is going to move 5, 10, 15, 20 over to here away from the group and okay. just sort of like scream back off to the uh, to the bats but when he screams it it's going to be thaumaturgy to make his voice louder okay just scream back off so to the bats all right, so you're going to cast Thaumaturgy to amplify your voice by 300 times and yell at the bats. Yes, away from the group. Okay. Um, all right, well, that just kind of happens, so there's no rolls involved. Uh, anything for your bonus action or the remainder of your movement? Um, no, he's going to stand right there. Okay. Vice, you're up. Oh, tight are these clusters. 
how tight are the clusters of bats. Mm -hmm. You're looking at hundreds of bats in clusters maybe 20 feet across. Hmm. Good to know. Shatter right in the center of one of those clusters where I think I can hit the most of them. What is the distance that you can cast Shatter at? Range 60 feet. Just in range. Okay. Uh, What do you need? That's a save, right? On save, 14. On save? Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry. Constitution saving throw, DC 14. Thank you. Uh, They rolled an 11. That's a failure. Uh, Which swarm are you focusing on at the moment? uh, Whichever one's closest to us. And by us, I mean the most people, so probably the center one. There are two swarms to choose from. You want to go with the one in the middle? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, 12 points of thunder damage. Perfect. That swarm of bats suddenly dissipates as a thunderous boom erupts from within their center point. Every bat is either instantly vaporized or just shoved out of the way, slamming up against tree branches. The remaining bits and pieces that have survived this impact fly off into the distance and are no longer present. And that's going to end my turn. Moss, you are up. Okie dokie. Guess... I'm just going to actually I'm going to cast Bless on Vice, Celine, and myself. And uh, what effect does that have for the party members? Bless, it's a D4 to add to uh, you can add a D4 to an attack roll or saving throw. Okay. And that is a concentration spell, I believe. Yep. Good to know. Anything else for your turn? I uh, know that'll do it. All right. Next up would be Celine's Corvid Familiar. Celine, what would you like your familiar to do at this moment? Um, it is not able to attack, but it is able to move. Is it still sitting on my shoulder? At the moment, it's sitting on your shoulder. Yeah, since it can't attack, I guess I'll have it move to the nearest tree since it can't attack. Okay. The nearest tree is right next to you. Do you want it to fly up into it? Where, where do you want your bird to go? Yeah, the fly up into it. Okay. So your corvid leaves your shoulder and then flies directly up in between the two remaining swarms of bats. I guess that's all I'll do right now. All right. That brings us back to the top of the turn order where the bats happen to have the initiative. These swarms of bats, flying about 50 feet above your head, suddenly awakened by the shrieking mushroom that was awakened by Shadden, start 
flying at a very rapid pace directly over your heads. They don't seem to be paying any attention to you guys. They appear to have fixated on the swarms of insects hovering around the central pond. They are going to end their turn having moved their full movement. Actually, no. They... Two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Can actually get right to the swarm of insects using a dash action. Bringing us to Shatten. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to use this opportunity. It. Uh, what's the distance between the, that narrow part of the water there? About eight and a half feet. Okay. Going to... One, two, three, four, five, six. Do a movement to sit 30 feet. Uh-huh. And I'm going to jump across, using the bats as a distraction to get across the water. What's your strength score? Um, I am going... I'm using my uh, jump oh, ability. I'm well aware of that, but your positioning right now doesn't allow for it. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I can use part of my bonus action dash to get closer. All right. If you're gonna burn, use if you're gonna burn your bonus action to dash, you won't. It won't require. Oh, that's any right. Rolls. I won't be able to. Uh, it yeah. won't require a roll if you do that. Ah, okay. Then yes, that's what I want to do. Because then you would be able to clear that distance because you've gotten to the shore. With your original amount of movement, you would have been about five feet short of the shore, leaving you with a 15-foot jump. Yeah, which I can't make. Right. Okay. But with a running long jump, you could easily make it if you ran to the shore. That's what I'm so, doing then. Yes, you may clear the distance, leaving yourself approximately about 10 feet left of movement after that jump. Okay, I'll... Uh... Guess I'll jump to the other side then. Okay. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Uh. No. All right. Bringing us back to Celine. I'm gonna kind of. Can I walk? Can I see where the birds are and what they're doing to the bugs, or no? Uh, from your current vantage point, it's kind of hard to see through the foliage. Uh, you can hear the chittering of the bats as they swarm around the various clouds of bugs to your south. But from where you currently stand, you wouldn't be able to really see much. Alright, so what I'm going to do is... I'm going to move 30 feet to... Oops, no one... Like right here. Okay. To see if I can't get a better view. From your current vantage point, now that you've moved uh, closer and a little bit out of the foliage, you can see that the bats are having dinner. They may have been awoken by the shrieking mushroom, but upon sensing the swarms of insects and being woken up earlier, they seem to have taken the opportunity to 
have themselves a meal. Alright, um, I'm going to use the dash action to move 30 feet back to my party members. Okay. Tell them not to attack the bats. And that'll be at the end of my turn. Okay. Forthus, you're up. Um... Forthus, basically taking lead from uh, Shatten, is going to go straight to the water's edge. 15, 20, 25, 30. Uh, yeah, Forthus is going to try and jump across also. Okay. You're going to burn your bonus action to dash? Yes. All right, that part of the that part of the river is actually fairly narrow, so it doesn't take you much effort to jump over the water. And get onto the opposite shore. Okay. Um, is there any sort of like penalty for movement at all? I don't know what the rules on the penalty are, but for now, I'm just saying that if you when you land on the opposite shore, you'll only have about 10 to 15 feet of movement left. Okay. So fourth, this is going to land right here. Um, and keep his guard up for the. Actually, oh, he's gonna. After listening to Selene, he's going to stand near, closer to the bats, at least, and just stand right there over the bats where the where they're feasting. Not over, okay. but under. Yes, very much under. As the, what is as the uh, as the feast that is occurring is happening about thirty feet above you, and that'll be your turn. Um, I'm going to walk up to the bats and just go. Alright, I guess you can't fuck off then. Seems like you're helping us then. And that's my turn. Okay. Vice, you're up. Vice is just gonna sit here. Pass turn. Sorry. Vice is just gonna sit here. There's nothing for him to s that he sees that he needs to do right now. Okay. So you're gonna pass turn? Yeah, pass turn. No All help right. action. All right. Moss, you're up. Okay. Moss is going to move and then take the dash action and go 35. Five. And 60 to there. So okay. he can keep his eye on things, but he's actually like moving away towards the staircase. Okay. So you are separating yourself from the party to head back towards the staircase to your west. Currently, but also like keeping an eye on what's going on. All right. So at least you're doing that. And that'll end your turn? Yep. All right. Celine, we come back to the Raven. Are you going to have it do anything on its turn at the moment? No. All right. Then we come back to the bats. During this round, the bats have managed to completely consume this swarm of insects and are going to begin to move towards the next swarm of insects. And that's going to end their turn. At this point, I am going to eliminate turn order as you guys basically know what is going on. And you may now move about freely outside of turn order. All right, I'm going to head back to the water's edge and 
Is there... Is it eight feet across the hallway, or is it just eight feet across in this small little divot right here? There's a small divot over here. Okay, there, how there's much? There's a thin, maybe two to three foot wide section of water off to the edge here. All right, I'm gonna go over there, and I'm gonna... Long step. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of stretch, hope you don't split your pants in the process, but you step shore to shore and get back over to the area where Forthus and Shatten are currently standing. Can Forthus actually see any key on that island? You can roll a perception check from where you stand. Let's hope this roll doesn't suck. Oh, that's a little bit better. Uh, 13. From where you currently stand, you cannot see any semblance of a key on that island. Moss, let's transition to you real quick. What are you up to, buddy? Well, seeing that the bats are just going to seem to just be eating, mm -hmm. I'm going to make my way back to the staircase carefully. Okay. And presume... And, uh... Not presume. Resumed climbing them. You make your way back to the staircase, and just like it was before, you begin climbing them, and you get maybe 50 to 60 feet up, and you find yourself overlooking the canopy of this realm, and as you continue to try to walk up, you don't appear to be making any more progress in an upward direction. <clears throat> Alright, I am going to, again, look around for anything unusual. Okay, go ahead and roll me your perception check. 23. That was an amazing perception check. From your vantage point, you can see bats flying up and down from the canopy as you are witnessing their distant feast upon the swarms of insects surrounding the central body of water and small island. And as you, as you peer around, craning your neck, you don't catch another glimpse of any shinies. Okay. I'll go back down the staircase and head back to where I was. Alright, and as Moss return begins to make his return to the party, the bat's having a nice dinner, Vice probably twiddling his thumbs in the corner, we are going to take our break. And we're back. Moss, you are beginning to your return from the staircase. Having not seen anything that piqued your interest, you find yourself at the ed at the water's edge, somewhat joining your party as they watch the bats feast upon the swarms of insects. Vice, what are you doing in this moment? Waiting for uh, the other side of the bank to be clear, because apparently we're just going to go sit underneath feasting bats. Uh, how deep is the water? Uh, as you look behind you and peer into the water, it appears to only be about eight inches deep at that point. So does it get deeper as I move as we move to the middle, or does it stay the same? You can only see the water that is directly behind you at the moment. If you wanted to see how deep the other water was, you would have to move towards it and look. All right, then I'm going to do that. 
And okay. I'm going to move forward and look at the water. All right. Now that I have a chance. As you reach the shore of the central circle of water, you peer down into it, and most of it appears to only be about a foot deep. This is... This is not a pond. This is more like a puddle. The kind of water that may have come after a recent rainfall. Okay. I'm assuming the bats are still feasting on the bugs. As you look up, you see bats darting in and out with their mouths open wide, catching bugs. Bats against bugs as they, as they just fly back and forth in this mass of the circle of life. And yes, the bats appear to be completely fixated on the swarms of bugs. Alright, well, they're all distracted. Um, I'm going to do something... Probably not smart. I'm going to take a foot, a step into the water. As you do so, your foot gets wet. Yeah. Wow. I thought I was going to burn. <laughs> there doesn't appear to be a reaction from the other swarms of insects as they are completely distracted while they try to save their own lives from the bats and as you look up watching you notice that another couple swarms of bats are appearing from the other trees seemingly interested by what is going on as they begin to join the feast okay so i'm going to continue to walk towards the tree in the middle Orthus is gonna follow her at least into the water all right Okay, so as you two walk through the water, your feet get wet. Your knees might get a little bit wet. As you're walking through, you find yourself walking slow, more slowly than normal as you try not to trip on any, you know, uh, above-ground roots or branches that lay just beneath the water surface. But the water is so crystal clear, you can see pretty clearly where you are stepping. So you guys step carefully and you get through the water to the small island in the middle of this rather wide puddle. You find yourself standing at the base of a narrow yet tall palm-looking tree. Alright, I'm going to inspect the tree from basically ground to top to try to see if um... I can't see anything, or see if there's anything suspicious about it, maybe? She's doing that fourth, is gonna inspect the land. Inspect all the island itself. Alright, both of you roll investigation checks. I got a 7. Um, I got a 17. Alright, Celine, you see a tree tall rather majestic in its growth this tree seems to have benefited greatly from its placement in the forest seemingly at the center point of a collection area of water after major rainstorms for this as you inspect the ground you find not a whole lot 
it's actually pretty clean in this area. Most of the detritus that would fall from the trees around it seems to have kind of been washed off into the other areas of the water. The ground beneath you is soft, very supple, kind almost squishy, loam-like texture as you step in. It kind of just kind of presses in an inch or two with each step. It's very comfortable, but not where you would want to lie on it. You don't find anything during your searching that piques your interest. It just seems like very, very fertile soil. Alright, so... In disappointment, I'm going to start heading back to the rest of the group then. And as you step back into the water, one of your boots is completely filled with water. And then the other one. And now your feet are completely soaked. I'm going to make my way all the way back to basically dry land. Okay. And then I'm going to sit kind of like on the bank, take my boots off and kind of like try to empty out the excess water. Okay. Shatton, from your current vantage point, you have watched Celine walk through the water twice without any reaction from the insects. Sit down and you watch as she takes off her boots and pours water out of them. What are you doing in this moment? Um, <clears throat> trying to think here. I'm going to take a look around on the ground that's surrounding it. Anything in particular stand out? Anything piles of dead bugs? Anything like that? Go ahead and roll perception or investigation. Uh, 10 for uh, perception. Okay. Uh, you don't find anything out of the ordinary. Um, you do, however, given your familiarity with that situation with Celine when you guys first got here, you do notice the telltale signs of another mass of dangerous purple fungus relatively close to you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, chuck a, a dagger at it. Okay, roll to attack. Uh, nat 20, uh, with uh, 27 altogether. Holy shit. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay, so d6. Oh, is that two d6s, or am I just timing, times in it by two? No, you roll your dice twice. Okay. We found that it gives better odds for higher damage. Okay. So that's going to be 15 psychic damage for that one. Okay. And then go ahead and chuck the other one at it, too. Go for it. Uh, dirty 20. No, wait, no, I'm sorry. Uh, 18. All right, don't fuck with Shatton. Go ahead and roll damage. And that's going to be another seven sec damage. All right, that mass of fungus shrivels and dissipates. Watch out for the fungus. There's still some more around. All right. Vice, having just heard this warning, what are you up to? Uh, I'm going to cross over into 
this area. Okay. Crossing the narrower parts of the water. Uh, and you are going to stop right about there. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take a look AC? around. See what I... Sorry, one more time. What is your AC? 13. Okay. As you step forward, you feel your foot sink into the ground just a little bit. And f you see small purple tendrils rising up from the ground, wrapping around your feet as they sap three points of energy from you, dealing three points of necrotic damage. Can I see this from my current vantage point? Uh, in this moment, you are fixated on dumping the water from your boots as you are sitting on the ground. However, if Vice yells out in pain, you might have looked up to see this. Okay. Vice, what would you like to do? Uh, try to firebolt it. Go ahead and roll a disadvantage. Uh, 13? 13. 13's a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Five points of fire. Okay. It looks a little singed, but it's still trying to grasp at you. So it's not attached to me? It's not attached to you. It is attempting to attach to you. I'm going to take a step back. Okay. So while this is happening, and forth is around the mainland, out of the island, to see if he sees anything unusual that sort of looks like key. You're looking at the ground. Where are you um, looking? Past the water. Past the water at the at the ground yeah, soil. Like sort of anywhere around the area of the soil. That's outside of like basically to the west. He's looking for anything because he just came from the east, couldn't see any keys. He's gonna look to the west and see if he sees anything. Okay, go ahead and roll perception. Oh god. Um five. Unfortunately, at this moment, you don't see any shinies. I'm going to finish emptying the excess water from my boots and kind of just put them on for now and kind of deal with any extra water that's still there Okay. until we can get out of here. Okay. As you stand up, you feel your connection to your familiar dissipate as your time with your familiar has been spent. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and chuck a dagger at that purple thing. Go ahead and roll to attack. What did I just tell you about? Don't want to hear things. it from you. Do not want to hear it from you. Anybody but you could give me shit right now. Uh, 19. 19's a hit. Fuck you, voice. Uh, that's going to be 10 psychic damage. Okay. And then I'm going to roll my second one. Okay. And that's going to be eight. Eight's a hit. And that one is nine psychic damage. All right, perfect. As Shatten flings forward two carrot-shaped daggers, they pierce through the major sections of this fungal creature, and it melts into the ground. 
completely losing its form. Alright, I am going to... I'm definitely going to keep an eye on the ground, but I'm going to start walking around basically the river bend. Top right of. there? Yep. What is your AC? 14. Alright. And much like your compatriots, and as you have felt once before, those purple tendrils start rising from the ground as your foot sinks in. You take another two points of necrotic damage. And another mass of purple fungal nightmare has begun to rise from the ground. Alright, I'm going to take a dagger. Okay. And try to slice it away from me. Alright, roll to attack. I got 11. 11's a hit. Did I see this? I mean, if you were watching her walk away. Shoot, wrong dice. I gotta roll the... 24... Uh, six points of piercing damage. Okay. And then I'm going to take a step back. All right. Moss, what are you doing in this moment? All right. I'm going to run 10 feet to here okay. and just jump over to here. All right. Don't feel like walking through water? Yeah, not right now. That's fair. With your strength score, I'm not even going to contest that. Kind of start making my way over here to get with everybody else. Okay. So as you have returned from the spiral staircase, you approach the edge of the water and effortlessly leap the ten feet across from shore to shore and begin walking towards your party members. And as you look at the ground, you find masses of almost liquid purple fungus just kind of spread out on the ground smeared and sliced and carefully step around it as to not bury your foot in it and you see vice a handful of feet away from you just kind of looking down at his boots and probably scraping them on the forest floor, trying to get the remaining fungal mess off of his boots. Uh, nah, he wouldn't be. He'd be using no. prestidigitation for that shit. Alright, so you see Vice leaning down and waving his hand over his boots to clean the purple mess off of it. I took a look. I can't find any sight of it anywhere. As you guys are standing around and just kind of pondering this area... Celine, you staring down at another purple fungal mass. All of you notice that the chittering of the insects seems to have stopped, and the swarm of bats appear to be leaving, as they have had their meal and decided to return back to their rest in the treetops. All right, I'm going to hit the purple thing with another dagger. You gonna throw a dagger at it? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and roll. I got a seven. Seven's a hit. 
I'm just going to say this now, guys. These fungal things have an AC of five. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I shouldn't have to ask for attack rolls on these, but just in case you're rolling that one, I'm gonna. Eight points of piercing damage. All right. That fungal mass that just that most recently tried to drain the life from you is not looking too happy right now. Going to uh, move up closer to the water's edge. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna chuck one dagger, my my dagger at the purple mass, and that's in front of uh, Celine. Okay. Roll to attack. Uh, fifteen. Okay. And I'm not going to have your roll damage because your minimum is enough at this point. That fungal mass turns into a goopy fungal mass on the ground. Stare at the bats that are flying away. Strike a pose and just... And you're welcome for that. I dealt with the bugs. (laughs) I'm going to pick up the daggers that I threw. Okay. And then walk back over to the group and try to figure out what to do from here. Arthur is going to walk over to the group too. Okay. DM, I have a clarifying question. Go ahead and clarify. You describe the fungal mask as not, or the fungal mask as not looking happy. What does a a fungal mask that is looking happy look like? A particularly shiny well hydrated okay not in smearing pieces got it i needed that clarification for my immersion that's, you know that's fine that's what i'm here for xander yeah. <clears throat> i'm here it. for your questions all right Celine, you mentioned something about moving unnaturally moving plants or something. Yes. My familiar saw one that's not too far from here. I guess we go check that out. I don't know what else to do at this point. Hey, what direction is that? Uh, That west? I guess westward we uh, westward we head. Go forth is gonna head west. I'm going to follow as well. You're gonna be watching out for purple. And start. Yeah, I'm gonna have a dagger kind of swinging in my hands as I walk, as a just in case. I'm gonna walk with the group. Uh, so we are actively approaching a weird. A natural plant growth, correct? That's what we're looking for, yeah. I'm trying to remember exactly where my uh, familiar thought. I would like to uh, hide and move quite uh, stealthily. Alright, go ahead and roll stealth. Orthus will too. Okay. Roll stealth. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. That sounds like a really good idea. Okay, roll stealth. Vice, what are you doing in this moment? I'd like to remove the cooking pot from my bag and okay. start banging it. I'm kidding. I don't have one. <laughs> ah. 
I'm sorry, I thought you had the chef's pack instead of the explorer's pack with you. <laughs> I don't even have an explorer's pack. I rolled a 22. Rolled a 13. <laughs> a 12. Alright. Good to know. Vice, what are you doing at this moment? Are you staying with the group and following? Uh, yeah. Okay. So as you guys begin to venture forward, walking northwest, then southwest, as you make a circle around the central massive puddle, Celine points out what is now to your south, a mound of vegetation that appears to be slowly rising and falling as if it is breathing. It is not moving laterally. It just appears as if it's a pile of plant life. I'm going to sneak a close-up to it. I'm going to keep my distance, but kind of like investigate the area to see maybe how much of it is breathing, I guess. From your current vantage point, you can see that this is a very large pile of what appears to be mulch and vines and leaves just kind of moving as one in a slow breathing movement. The pile itself seems to be about 15 feet across and in its current state about four and a half feet tall at its peak. Arthur's going to be uh, moving along the water's edge around it at least like behind it maybe from this angle to see if there's anything that it's guarding alright go ahead and roll perception I'm gonna try to get about that close okay roll a 16 okay uh, from your current vantage point you cannot see that it is guarding anything it just appears to be sleeping. Arthur's going to look back to the party and just go shh and have like basically the hushing moment or hushing like, sign basically to them. Basically saying be quiet. Yep. I'm going to uh, do a psychic connection between Moss and Forthos. It says if it's sleeping we can uh, attack it before it has a chance to react. For quiet enough, sure. So, since this is potentially sleeping, I'm going to cast um, a moonbeam on it. Cast a moonbeam directly above it? Yes. And onto it. Okay. That's as an alarm you, clock and a half. As that, yeah. <laughs> as you do so, um, I, what what do I need to do? I believe that requires a saving throw of some form. It, yeah. So you have to do a con save against your spell save DC. Yes. All 
Right. It rolled a 19. That passes. Alright, I believe it still deals, what, half damage? Yeah, 2d10 radiant damage. So yeah, half damage. Okay, roll 2d10 and it will take half damage. And this will count as a surprise round and I will have everybody roll initiative. I got an 8. Oh, that's half of 8, right? So that's 4. You rolled 8 damage in total? Yeah. Alright, so it takes 4 points of radiant damage. It is now awake, however, this is a surprise round, as it was sleeping. And you have certainly gotten the jump on it. Tell me something real quick. Can you guys see the aura that I have given that creature? I cannot. Nope. No. The aura is not a threat to you. It is simply... This creature has a, a, a particular... It has blind sight for 60 feet, but it can't see anything past it. So I gave it a 60 foot aura so I could know how far it can actually see. I just wanted to know if you guys could see said aura or not. Alright. So yeah, everybody roll initiative. And after that, we will go into the surprise round. And then resume initiative. All right. 25 to 20. 20 to 15. 19. All right. 15 to 10. And uh, 13. 12. And the monster got a 14. 10 to 5. Hey -oh. 5. All right. Moss. What would you like to do during the surprise round? I'm going to step... Not with that tool, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to step five feet closer. And I am going to cast Bane on it. Okay, what do I need to do? Charisma saving throw? I believe so. It's either that or wisdom. Let me look it up real quick. Yep. Alright, I'm going to roll that at disadvantage, just like I did with Celine's saving throw. Uh, ouch. Uh, ouch. With a minus three to charisma, that gives it a two. Damn it. He passes. No. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> spell save. Alright, and what are our effects for Bane? Uh, he takes a d4 off of an attack roller saving throw. Okay, perfect. Anything else for your turn? Nope. Okay, the uh, creature is currently surprised. Moving on to Forthus. So, while he's running up 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 to here, he's going to be uh, like whisper to Shatton saying flank and running up to his side and just taking a swing at this mound. Okay, go ahead and roll at advantage. Um, roll two natural 18s, which okay. brings it up to a 
20 something, a 23. Okay, that's just good enough. That's a hit. All right. So since this is at the this or since this is at advantage, is that sneak attack? Is that how sneak attack works? I believe yes. Yes. If I have advantage, yes. So okay. uh, that is fourteen points of damage. Alright. Anything else for your turn? Uh, bonus action hide. If that's the case. Where would you like to hide? Yes. Where would you like to hide? Um, You're currently standing directly next to a creature with a few trees around you. I'll hide next to the nearest tree. It's also like within flanking position of Shatten. There is no tree within flanking position. Um, I'll stay right there then instead of hiding. Okay. That'll yes. end your turn? Alright, Shatten, you're up. I'm going to move to the front of it. Okay, you are now in flanking position. And I am going to uh, attack it with my knife. <laughs> Go ahead and roll with advantage. I wish I had my I had my camera on. I rolled another net twenty. Perfect. Look at you go. Don't fuck with Shatten. <laughs> so right. rolling that with my then oh. So pretty much roll four d sixes. That's going to be twenty one psychic damage. And then with my other one. It's also with advantage, correct? My bonus attack one. I'm sorry, what was that? The bonus attack uh, also gets an advantage? Yes, your attacks are advantage right now because you're flanking. Okay, and that's going to be uh, 17 for the uh, other one. Uh, 17 is a hit. Okay. You've already expended your sneak attack, so just keep that in mind. Yep. And that's going to be another seven psychic damage. Okay. Celine, you have already taken... Will that end your turn, Shatten? That will end my turn. Okay. Celine, you have already taken a move against this creature during the surprise round, having cast uh, Moonbeam. Just keep that in mind. Vice, you're up. Ah, yikes. I should have scuffed, sorry. Moot here. And... Gonna cast Scorching Ray. Okay. Go ahead and attack and, uh... Roll at advantage. If you haven't noticed, I'm putting the creature at disadvantage and you guys at advantage for this surprise round, because I don't remember how surprise rounds actually work. Uh, 11. An 11 to hit? Mm-hmm. That is not a hit. That ends my turn. Okay. We are now out of the surprise round. Top of the turn order is Moss. 
Uh, hold on. Yes. Uh, scorching ray, you th you hurl three rays of fire. You roll for each one. Yeah, I was I was a little confused by that too. Are you right? Nineteen and eighteen. All right, the last two rays do hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Can you tell that I don't play bard very often? Yes. That'll be 15 points of fire damage. 15 points? Mm-hmm. Okay. As your scorching rays strike into the side of this creature, you see steam sizzle off, and you feel as if your attack has not done as much damage as you would have hoped. All right. right. Top of the so turn he's, order. He's an ice-type Pokemon. Yes. Got Moss, it. You're up. All right. 20, 25 to there. Okay. And I'm going to bite him. Go ahead and bite him. Uh, 19 to hit. 19 is a hit. Uh, eight points of damage. Okay. And then I'll slash at him with my claws. Okay. Ah, that's a nine. Nine does not hit. Anything else for your turn? Nope, that'll do it for now. Okay. Bringing us to the creature's turn. This creature, not being bright whatsoever, is going to turn to the creature that most recently attacked it. And it is going to make two slam attacks against you, Moss. And Bane. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I'm going to assume that a 12 and a 13 don't hit you. No. Okay. Goddamn Bane. Do I get a nice, like, whisk from the wind in the leaves that go past me, though? It's almost as if the branches of a tree are gently touching your face. Nice. <laughs> uh, that will end the creature's turn, bringing us back to Forthus. Forthus is going to take another swing at it. Okay, roll at advantage due to flanking. Um, that would be... Uh, 16 to hit. 16 is a hit. Alright. Uh, that's going to be 12 more points of damage. Okay. Anything else for your turn? Um, no. That's it. Alright. Moving on to Shatten. Okay, I'm uh, gonna hit it with one of my psychic knife again. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be a 25. 25? Jesus. Rolled an 18. Yeah. 25's a hit. Okay. That's going to be 7 psychic damage. Okay. Then I'm gonna attack with my other one. And that's going to be a 23. 23 is a hit. And that's going to be six psychic damage. All right. 
Anything else for your turn? Uh, nope. All right, Celine, it is your turn. Give me one moment as I read through your Moonbeam spell, because I think I missed something. Ah, yes, I did. I need to roll a constitution saving throw for this creature as it started its turn in your Moonbeam. Wow, I don't even have to roll the Bane. Natural one. Uh, go no, ahead you roll should roll the Bane. Uh, okay, I'll roll the I'll roll the Bane. Let's see what happens. And I rolled a one. He got a zero for his... No, wait, because he's got things plus three. He got a three on his constitution saving throw, which is a failure. So please roll 2d10 radiant damage against this creature. You think the ghost protects you? I was born in it. Boarded by it. You tried. I tried. Knowledge is half the battle. I got a double zero, so I guess nothing. So <laughs> 20, 20, 20 points of radiant damage. Oh, that, that's 20? Because yeah. on the d10, the zero is a 10. Oh! Uh, you, you just dealt 20 points of radiant damage without even having taken your turn yet. All right. Celine. And sounded so unenthusiastic about it. <laughs> I <laughs> guess I'll casually zero. do max damage. <laughs> that was gorgeous. <laughs> All right, Celine, it is your turn. Okay. Um. How's the creature looking? Uh, let me take a quick look at its current hit points. It is not looking good. All right, I'm gonna cast. Oh, wait, actually, I uh, I gotta move thirty feet first. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna move thirty feet. Okay. And. Whoa. Uh, oops, too much. <laughs> there you are. Uh -huh. Um, and then I'm gonna cast. Uh, thunderclap. Thunderclap. Yeah. Okay. Which, if I believe I'm reading this right, that means that... What is that? Moss? And... Shatten? Mm -hmm. And fourth, this, they have to make a con saving throw as well as the creature himself. Uh, not fourth, this, he's not within five feet of you. Oh, okay. But yes, if you're okay, so you cast Thunderclap, uh, Moss and Shatten, please roll Constitution saving throws. Ooh. Uh, your spell save DC is 13. Creature also needs to roll. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I rolled a three. Bane is a minus two, giving it a one. Plus three. It got a four. So this creature has failed its con save. 17. 16. All right, the two of you have succeeded and take no damage. Selene, please roll 1d6 thunder damage, as the creature has failed miserably. Uh, that would be a 2 plus, plus the, the spell save DC, or the spell attack. No, it's just 1d6. Oh, okay, then yeah, I got a 2. Okay, so you deal 2 points of thunder damage. And are maintaining your focus on your moonbeam. Anything else for your turn? No, that's it. 
Alright. Vice, you are up. I cast Firebolt. Okay. Let's go ahead and roll the attack. I believe 20, you're blessed. 23. 23 is a hit. Uh, 8 damage, so 4. Alright. And that'll end my turn. All right, and as Does a matter of fact, Firebolt do three. What? Uh, oh, no, you're fire... thinking of Scorching Ray. Oh, never mind. Sorry. No, you're fine. All right, top of the turn order, Moss. Yep. Um, and if the bless you were talking about was for me, that would have died out a long time ago. Yeah, that that just occurred to me. That that stuff only lasts for like a minute, and it and even if like it, half an hour since yeah. then. And even if it had, I would have dropped it for Bane. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I'm just going to bite it again. Go ahead and roll the attack. Ow. How big is this creature? Uh, this is considered a large creature. Because I'm wondering how... Because I just rolled a nat 20. <laughs> Jeez, it's the game of nat 20s. <laughs> So I'd like to prune the hedge if I could, but I'm not sure how to do that. That's 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 fine. Go ahead and roll your damage first. All right, I am gonna we'll, we'll, we'll get burn my best. last spell slot to uh, add in a divine smite. If you want to. Well, I mean, on a nat twenty, you might as well. Yeah, you might as well. Let's let's see how bad you can make this. <laughs> if anything, we have a really good lawn service going on right now. <laughs> Moss is the perfect lawnmower. Free Brazilian. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Need I remind you this is a podcast for fucking children? <laughs> Sounds kind of bad. Why don't you rephrase that? <laughs> I phrased it exactly how I wanted to. Ugh. <sighs> That's going to be 39 points of damage in total. Okay. <laughs> How would you like to do this? Okay. <laughs> uh, can I crane my neck up high enough to basically bite at where its head would be? Uh, based on your height, the creature's height when standing. Yeah, you could reach its neck. Alright, so Moss is just going to open his mouth up and like reach into it and find like the little basically the trunk that's holding it together okay and you're gonna see that mist that sucks in as he bites and he's just gonna snap the trunk in half and the top of it's just gonna fall down to the ground the head and as you do so having used your divine smite that swampy mist leaks out from your mouth once again and penetrates into the body of this creature. And as you bite down and sever that central branch, the head separates from the body. Ah, okay. So as, as your jaw reaches up and grasps the central branch connecting the head to the rest of the body, that swampy mist begins to escape your mouth once more and penetrates into the body, the, the cavity that is the body 
within all of this plant life and it penetrates through it starts leaking out from between the branches and leaves and you see as its head and body separate you can see new vines growing and intertwining among the branches and at the same time as they reach their precipice of growth they immediately begin to decay into mold and rot and this creature falls to the ground in a mass of vegetation both growing anew and rotting at the same time this creature is dead and your divine smite seems to have had some after effects i'll, I'll spit some splinters from my mouth <laughs> Well, that takes care of that. See if maybe the key's over here somewhere. I'm gonna look around this decaying, regrowing and decaying molding thing and see if I can spot the key. I'll help him. I'm gonna rolling. search the surrounding area as well. Okay. Moss and Selene, roll investigation. Gonna I'm gonna look for berries. I was gonna help out one of them, at least. Uh, um... Who has the better investigation? <laughs> or is that too meta? That's incredibly meta of you. That is, that is incredibly meta okay, of fair. you. Who would you like to help? Um, I'll help... I'll help Moss. Okay, Moss, roll investigation at advantage. Celine, roll investigation normally. And Shatten, roll survival. I got a 14. 17. Uh, five. Okay. None of you find anything. Oh. Moss, you find that the after effects of your divine smite have left this disanimated body in a state of constant growth and decay. Uh, but there are doesn't seem to be anything within the writhing masses. Celine, as you search the grounds around you, you don't seem to find anything that piques your interest outside of the normal vegetation <clears throat> and animal scat that has been left behind in this forest. Shatten, while you are searching for berries, you find something that kind of looks like a berry, and then you realize it's a pellet of your own poop. Vice, what are you doing in this moment? watching Shatten pick up her own feces. <laughs> hoping it was food. Fair enough. And I'm kind of disgusted by it. <laughs> Alright. I'm going to continue to kind of walk and look on the ground and see if I can't see anything. Kind of just looking around the surrounding area, but not to going too, too far from the group. Seeing if I can't find anything out of place or anything. That will give me a hint to where the, the key is. Okay. Uh, as you're walking, go ahead and roll perception. I got a nat one. <laughs> and you that's trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You have trouble finding your feet as they slip under the brush. 
Would anybody else like to do anything? I'm going to walk over to the body of water here to the east. Okay. To the west, I mean. Yep. Is it as shallow and clear as the others? I'm going to try yep. looking, inside, looking down at it. You're going to look down into the water? Yep. Go ahead and roll perception or investigation, depending on how close you want to get to it. I'm going to walk right up to the edge. Okay. Net 20. So 27 altogether. For perception. I'm taking, I'm taking away your dice. You give them to me. Holy shit. Yeah, give them the fucking fourth. No, give them the vice. Vice needs a break. It's a lean. Oh, I rolled double zeros. I guess I do no damage. <laughs> well, it would have been nice to know that. I don't know what a freaking double zero is. A beautiful thing. Jatin, as you're peering down into this crystal clear puddle of water, you look down and you see your own reflection. And you look through that reflection, past the ripples, as the gentle breeze that happens to penetrate through the canopy caresses the top of this puddle and as the water wavers the sunlight hits it at just the right angle and you see something brown in the water amongst the twigs that doesn't look exactly like a twig well i'm a uh going to uh, actually do a straight standing jump 10 feet back from that. Okay. Wait, you said it looks like a twig? While looking into the water, it looks like a twig. It is brown, but it's not quite a twig. With that perception check, you can tell that it was not an actual twig, but it looked like one. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it. Yeah. Okay. You uh, go to the shore, reach your tiny little paw into the water, and grab the seemingly foreign object, and pull it out of the water. Yep. And as you do, you look down into your paw, and you are holding a key, rusted with age and exposure. I'm gonna hold up. I found a key! Ah, uh, thank fuck. Oh, fourth is just gonna go straight over to her. Yep, I'm gonna follow. Shame. And Vice? Vice moves over as well. Alright. Regardless of your positioning on the map, you all gather around Shatten, and you see, clutched in her paw, appears to be a small, four-inch-long, rusted skeleton key. And as she holds it out in front of her, with the four of you surrounding her, the rust begins to flake off and be carried off into the wind, revealing the silvery key that Celine, you recognize as the object that your familiar had picked up. And as the sunlight hits it just right, it begins to shine brighter and brighter, 
your vision goes white. And as your vision returns to you, you find yourselves at the entrance to Hastholm Tower. Barthus is just going to hug Shatten super fucking tight. Thank you. Thank you. He's going to spike a pose. You're welcome. Fucking stops immediately. Mm. As you all stand scattered about in the main hallway of Hastholm Tower, standing almost directly in the middle of all of you is Northam, looking at each of you with a gentle smile on his face. You made it. Congratulations, all of you. It was easy. Easy, you say? I did my damnedest to make it challenging at least. What happened to the other groups you sent in there? Other groups? What are you talking about? Well, we found bodies and campsites. Oh, 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 yes, yes. No, d d merely examples of the kinds of things you may, uh, may encounter out in the wilderness. There are other parties out there, and I just wanted to add a touch of reality. Can I roll insight on that? Yeah, me Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Same here. <laughs> Dirty 20. 21. Uh, 22. <laughs> Why the fuck does everybody have proficiency in insight? I don't. I don't, I don't either. We just rolled well. Oh my god. Orphans. You all look at each other. Your experiences over the past several years have taught you who to trust and who not to. The three of you know that he is lying. I guess that means uh, we're one of the few that actually made it out, right? I'm, 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 I'm not sure what you're talking about, Fwathis. You were the only ones I sent in there. You can see a drop of sweat begin to form on his forehead. Sure, sure. And I'll wink at him. Right. I'm right. going to uh, connect with my psychic ability on him. You spin one of my dice. And I'm going to whisper and uh, say in his head, we both know that's not true. Shen, when you do that, you hear your own words echo back into your head. You take two points of psychic damage. Oh. You are unable to establish a psychic link with this man. Oh. So are you going to tell us the truth or... Because it's very clear you're lying. You're not very good at it. We've seen better. I may have tried this in the past. 
So, since we're the first group, at least as far as we can tell, make it through. What kind of reward do we get? Well, if, if that is what you'd prefer to focus on, I promised you all some money. And he pulls out five somewhat large satchels and offers them out to each of you. Arthur snags it. At least one of them. Okay. Vice and Celine, you're being awfully quiet during this moment. I'm looking at... So I've been kind of observing the body language of my compatriots and the way they're acting. And so yeah. I've been kind of like questioning whether or not I could trust this man or not. So... Uh, in this moment, watching the reactions of your orphan friends and listening to that entire conversation, you now know that Northam was lying about there not being other people that he'd sent in there. Yeah. Yeah, so I gathered that. It's, it's up to you whether or not to trust him. I... I'm going to kind of walk up to him and hesitantly take the bag, kind of looking directly in his eyes real quick before walking away. Not really sure if I can trust him or not. As you look into his eyes, he seems to have an expression of care and concern. He's not trying to hide his expression at this moment. It looks like he does feel guilty for lying to you guys but he may have done so with good intention. Okay. Um, how much is in the satchel? 500 gold. Okay. Nice. Vice, what are you doing right now? Quietly processing. Kind of sunk into your own mind at the moment. Mm-hmm. Maso walk up and take his bag and then he'll look him dead in the face and just how many people have died through those trials does it really matter a little bit to you or to him both we'll see for us how are you approaching him when you ask this question? Not like I just like walked up, took the sack and like I'm not being aggressive about it. But. It's more I'm asking in a sense of if he lied to us about it, he's obviously hiding something. So if that's the trials to get us to the next point. I'm curious as to how many people died trying the trials. All right. Northam just kind of looks at you with this look of guilt and a bit of a bit of genuine shame. And he's not able to offer you an answer at this time. He just kind of his his lower lip begins to quiver a bit. And he looks genuinely sad at your question. 
Okay. Moss will just sigh and, like, pat him on the shoulder and take a few steps back. Shatten and Vice, are you taking your rewards? Yeah, she's going to go up and just, you know, pretty much make her bag just disappear into her hand, into her pockets. <laughs> okay. Just eyeing him suspiciously as I'm walking away. Yeah. Vice? I'm trying to think. Must be hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that smoke came from. Ice wouldn't take it. Okay. No, he wouldn't take his money. So as Northam, Northam turns to look at Vice, holding the last satchel of gold. He offers it out to you, and you don't take it. Vice, please. I I promised. I promised your reward when you finished the trials. And yet, and yet the money means nothing to me. And I'll take the bag and toss it to literally whoever catches it. I will. Orthus is going to fight for that and try and snag it before her. Then walk over to Vice right. and just try and give it to her. I'll give it to him. Um, is there a roll that I have to do to snag it away from her, from Shatten? Uh... No, for cinematic reasons, you. Vice tries to toss away the bag. Shetton attempts to catch it, has a hold of it. At about the same moment, Forthus, you come up to her and kind of wrench the bag away from her before she has a chance to squirrel it away. You hey. walk back up to Vice and offer it back out to him. Money earned is money earned, right? Hi. I don't understand that you, uh, Respect this man. He's doing something good for you, right? I suppose you're right. And he'll take the bag. Then he'll just like look over to Shat and just give her a, I'm sorry, kind of a look. After this seems to have all settled down, Northam looks to each of you. Looks into your eyes deeply. You can see the regret on his face. He is deeply sorry for what he has put you through and for lying to you about the previous attemptees of the trials. I wish I could tell you different, but yes, there were others who I had called in and put them to the trials to see if they could survive the dangers in this world, in the various thinned veil areas where I believe the Watchers may be hiding. But I needed to know. They all agreed to the terms, as you did. I know I didn't give you that much of a choice, but you all came for whatever reasons you did, and I appreciate that. And the fact that none of you attempted to kill me when you discovered there were other trial goers shows promise that I can trust you and whether or not you can trust me is up to you for now 
know that my home is your home. I will continue to ask that you not adventure too far into the tower, as you now know what the upper floors hold. Please feel free to take rest in the rooms you had chosen prior. Eat the food that is downstairs. Try to relax. By tomorrow, I should have a more exact location if you are all still interested in investigating this catastrophic natural disaster I have foreseen. And with that, Northam bows his head and advise you have never seen him like this before, but rather sheepishly, he begins to walk up the hall back towards his office. Well, he knows he fucked up. Yep. Keep it honest with us. He should have just been honest from the beginning. I, I agree. We need to know what we're getting ourselves into. And we need someone that will be honest with us. Not lie and deceive us. Already been uh, deceived in the past. End up in flames, so uh, I'd much rather my new employer to be a little bit more open to everything. If you catch my drift. I just don't understand why you'd lie about it. He didn't trust us. That or he's gonna be. How can we trust him? Play the devil, the advocate of the evil. There are devils in this okay. world. <laughs> You're half devil. There are okay. devils in this world. So that makes sense then. <laughs> Play the devil's. Play my advocate. <laughs> I didn't know. I just, I just want to try and stay in. No, no. You're, you're, I, I appreciate you trying to play it safe. It's all in the details. Play the devil's advocate. Maybe he's trying to keep us from being scared away. Just wanted to try and comfort us before showing us the true trials. I'm going to scurry off to my room and uh, squirrel away some some of the uh the gold okay i'm gonna head to my room to rest same here all right shatton how much of your gold do you try to squirrel away oh i'm gonna try put about half of it at uh, different parts under the uh up under the under the mattress of the bed frame okay it's going to be Damn it, I have to math. No, no, I've got a note. You've squirreled away half of your gold. Oh, no, I just, I wanted to do, I wanted to math it so I can uh, make a note of it. That makes sense. All right, Moss and Vice, what are you doing in this moment? Vice is still standing in the hall. As is Moss. Moss is going to walk over to him. You 
You know him better than any of us. Mm-hmm. You at one point said you didn't think he would put us in necessarily in danger. Everything you've said so far is accurate. Do you still feel that way? Sometimes you get the wrong read, Moss. Seems that I was wrong and so was he. Fair enough. Do you, you still can, trust You him? can hear very clearly in Vice's voice that he is not happy. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to pin what he's feeling. Mm. Yeah. Do you still trust him? Not sure. Okay. In that case, sleep on it and get back to me. Because a lot of my decisions going to ride on yours because you know him better. Let you know. Sounds good. And Moss will go to his room. Okay. That's my gold squ uh, squirrel away. I'm making a run for the kitchen. <laughs> All right. So as, as Moss walks away from you, Vice, and returns to his room, you see Shatten rather rapidly bolt out of her room and head straight towards the stairwell. Forthus was sort of listening in on that conversation and walks over to Vice and just puts a comforting hand on his shoulder and just goes I do trust you, you don't have to worry the thing is that it's a little bit sketchy when the person that's helping us out sees us if there's a way that we can talk to him to make sure that there's mutual trust it would be very appreciated Think there's a chance? I was planning on going next. Quite fair. Probably just he'll just stand in the middle of the hallway. And go. Are are you going to watch me walk to his office or Yeah, I'm gonna lean against one of the sh uh the statue that's like right next to his room. Just sort of watching. Understood. And then Vice is going to walk towards uh towards Northam's office. <clears throat> Alright. Vice, as you walk up this hallway along the royal blue carpet in the center of the hallway, Looking at the glinting statues on either side of you as you continue to venture north, or as you continue to venture down the hallway, you begin to approach Northam's office, and you can just faintly hear the sounds of sobbing. But a knock on his door, with in bursts of two, so two times, short pause, two times. After, during the first pause, after your first two knocks on the door, and then that short pause, you hear the slightest little gasp, a bit of shuffling. And after the second set of knocks, you hear a defeated voice 
come through the door. Come in. Come in. I will open the door and walk inside. Master Northam, I... He's going to pause for a moment to try to pick the right word from his mind. I understand your reluctance to be honest with them. I truly do. New people in the tower and the unfortunate fates that have felt people before. What I don't understand is your reluctance to be honest with me. Northam turns to look at you. He stares deeply into your eyes with sorrow. Vice, you must know There are, there are things in this world that are incredibly dangerous. And there are other things that are, how do I put this, world ending. Your dreams, your nightmares, they come from somewhere. Don't you think? They have to. Why, why, why else would anyone have a recurring nightmare that, that manifests itself in the way that yours do? It has to be coming from somewhere. It has to be triggered by something. <sighs> the catastrophe I have described to you and the others out there I first learned of it I first learned of it on the day you were born I don't know what I don't know what it is but you you are tied to this in some way your dreams your your heritage your being is tied to this and i needed to know that whoever i sent out with you for you could handle this and at last, I seem to have found a group that will support each other, protect each other in these dangerous areas, these dangerous circumstances. Yourself included. I mean, here you are, standing in front of me in... I mean, you're dirty, but you're in one piece. I fear that your heritage is far more complicated than we might have expected. And I genuinely fear that it is tied to the coming cataclysm. 
And you think that before sending me into a field of trials to make sure that I'm prepared and the people I'm going in with are prepared, while this entire thing is to try and interfere with what you sense coming, if it's directly correlated to me or tied to me in any way, do I not deserve the truth? Do you not trust me to do something with the truth? It's not that I don't trust you, Vice. I just... I didn't want to give you a reason to leave. Master Northam, you opened your doors to me, to my mother, when I had nowhere else to go. So there is no reason why I would leave now. There's no reason why I would have left with the truth. I understand your hesitation and your concern that I might have, but with nowhere else to go, like you said, we didn't have much of an option. I, I understand your reluctance. Truly, I do. And I don't hold that against you. And I'll do my best to make sure that the others don't as well. But this is something that you can trust me with. And I think you can trust them with. I, I Again, I understand where you're coming from with the hesitation because I don't know how many people didn't pass the trials and I don't think either one of us want to think about it though I'm sure you spend way too many nights thinking about it ultimately I think there's a level of of trust that's needed for this and moving forward, I think it would be wise that we have that level of respect between all of us to allow for things like that to be brought forward and be honest about those things. Vice, how old are you? 20. Hang on, I had to look. <laughs> Uh, 16? 16? Mm-hmm. Okay. Vice, I have been... I have had my door open to you since the day you were born, 16 years ago. Do you know how old I am? Not even remotely. I am 4,523 years old. And you would think that by now, I would have learned to trust those that I care for with every secret. I sincerely apologize, Vice. I truly do. I want you to, uh, I want you to rest. I do. But if you, if you have a moment, I'd like to show you something. 
Would you like to show me now or later? First, I need to ask you something. Have you had any more nightmares? I did have one. And Vice is going to pull out his journal and flip to his most recent page uh, and describe the uh, the nightmare he had because I took damn good notes. <laughs> okay. So as Vice is describing his most recent nightmare to Northam, you go through the various details and he kind of puts his hand up when he mentioned the fish. And he rushes over to his desk and he starts flipping through pages and pages of, uh, through books and scrolls and he's just rifling through trying to find something. And then he finds it on a small scrap of paper and a small smile reeks across his face. And he takes that small piece of paper and he goes to hand it to you. What what is this? Leave. It is our first clue into finding your father. And that is where we're going to end tonight's session. <laughs>